What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Forever. Dog. Hey, Bray, I got one mm-hmm. shameless plug, okay? okay. I know we're doing this movie. It's not a plug, but... You're plugging it in, in the cold no, open? This ain't, this ain't even a real <laughs> plug. I guess this is like... I feel like I relate to a movie because I missed a podcast last week because I myself was in Jamaica. I was in Jamaica. Oh, right. That's why you missed it. it. You, were, you were... I mean... I, I could... Hey, I was Stella. I don't even want to say it, but I was like, you were getting your... Group, I mean... Come on, Brad. No, you say it, Jace. <laughs> say it. You're so getting you can, your groove back. It just feels too on. early to say something like that. Come right on. Now. We talk about me, not the movie. I will say this. Watching the movie, it was my first time in Jamaica, and I really enjoy visiting black countries because I feel like a lot of times I grew up like people are like oh I'm gonna go on a European excursion or something after college or whatever but I'm like man when you go to a black country it is like they treat you different it is like it's like you're home somewhere else and everyone's like loving and nice and mm-hmm. people look out for you they give you like pet names in in Jamaica which is like just they a give you regular human instead of a nickname it's just like a like I would be like you know I say Bray instead of Braylock but it'd be like a whole nother name like I met people who were named Michael but they call him like Chauncey it's just a whole nother name because they're like you look like this like <laughs> you look like that name yeah so every time they were like oh you American alright Chad and that's that's that was the name <laughs> the whole time oh, so they they, like, they just made read... fun of you they, no, like, I mean they... I thought it was endearing I thought it was loving uh, nah man <laughs> Everyone in Jamaica in, was like, man, fuck Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Where in Jamaica were you? I went to, um, we went to two places. Um, we went to Portland. We went inland. So like, there's a lot of Got places it. you actually can go. You weren't, like on the, you weren't on the beach. We were, but the thing oh. is, I think everyone goes to like Negril, Montego Bay or stuff. So we drove in to go further Got in it. to the beaches. But it was nice, man. And it was nice being around like, the only sad part is that we found out all the resorts, none are owned by black Jamaicans or black people, well, period. That's the that's the thing about a lot of the islands, right? The Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they were like, Oh yeah, we finally got a um they were like, We got this back, this back from um England. And I was like, Man, how do white people come in here and get, you had to get your land back from them? I was like, What you yeah. mean? So it was like, yeah, so it was a lot of <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I was like Yeah, they uh, were colonized too. <laughs> the only that made me sad is we were there and there were a lot of young black people and I um, think all the black people got it. <laughs> <laughs> but they kept talking about how like um 
the one that made me sad though, they were like, they were super loving and they were like dope. And we were kind of talking about, you know, America and Jamaica. And I was like, man, some people are scared to come to Jamaica. And all of them, like some of the workers were like, we're never going to America. They were like, you know, here, some of them had lost family to um, the gang life, but they always would say, but that person was in that life. They were like, every time we mm-hmm. watch a video of America, y'all just do nothing and nothing happens when someone gets murdered. And I was like, yeah, yeah man, that's, that, that's America for you. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. legit. They were Damn. like, yeah, we don't need to come visit anymore. And I was like, yeah, y'all just I, do I nothing. Well, they were saying how basically one of the guy was like, you Ouch. could be doing nothing, a cop could kill you and then nothing happens to oh, the cop. And it's like, yeah, yeah. This is crazy hearing other people know like your family business a little bit. I was like, all right, cool, 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 cool. Uh, <laughs> but that was but that was the only downside to it. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. What podcast. was the upside? What was the upside? Starting the podcast. We can't end on that downside. So, so I, I realized it went that way. <laughs> you took the energy way down. I realized right. it went that way. I, re- I mean, the upside I mean, was the upside was, it was, it was sunny. The, come on, now. <laughs> it was Help sunny. Us out, Tell it us how Stella got her and it was back or something. You know. Wow. <laughs> hey man, I mean, you know we, we need to guess. get our group back. I don't you know. Maybe if you... out for so long, you know we got. Don't right? don't embarrass us, man. You know we got to guess, man. We ain't. No, hey, I'm on, saying man. you took it down, so we need to. You know what I mean? We need to get back up. So I don't know. Maybe if you told us how Stella got her group back. <laughs> for the people at home who can't see this. Bray is looking directly <laughs> at Gerard and earnestly asking this question. No, I'm just maybe you can tell. Maybe you can just tell us. You were I mean, in you Jamaica. Know, I mean, you can just tell us how. M- Melissa, can we start the show, please? Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Gerard Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. I'm 41. Are women in America that thirsty that they gotta be coming up in here and having sex with my child? The so line was something exact, like that. Not exactly. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't exactly the line. The line that was, it was like something I it like was that. Desperate. Yeah, that wasn't exactly the one. They weren't right. saying thirsty like that? No, I don't think they, <laughs> not, they said thirsty. Oh, yeah. Yo, that scene was so awkward. She and walked she said in. My, and she said, my baby. My, my baby is what she said. Yeah. Her 20-year-old baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's a baby to me. <laughs> he's they my were the baby. same Not age. The Not the Stella, though. Lord he's have mercy. Baby. Oh, he's no, my doesn't... baby. Oh, so feisty. Um, for those of you who are listening for the first time, this wonderful voice that you're experiencing right now in your headphones or on your speakers that's jonathan braylock Ugh. this voice that's disgusted is gerard milligan and this voice is james the third oh that's james hey that's james hey, there it is yeah what's up how y'all doing baby what's, all right what's going on um we, you we know. trying to get our groove back this morning <laughs> okay well um <laughs> Making sure you don't have to just suffer through our voices. We have an incredible well, wait, wait, special guest today. Wait, I, I got to do my drums. Chantro, everyone gets a special drum roll. So you get a special drum roll. Here we go. Chantro P. Lewis, everyone. Please give it up. Give it up. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. 
It's my turn now. Yeah, you yeah, win now. Here. You here. You win. I'm just gonna tell She's y'all that because you know me and my best friend been over here um, drinking mimosas, and so she had to excuse herself and go in the other room because she was like, "I'm gonna cut up too bad." Tell and her come back. Here. Tell it. No, Listen, you might have a mimosa in the shot. Y'all not gonna be able to handle both of us on here at the same time. <laughs> All three of y'all not gonna be able to handle us. That's okay. Fair. Let's hope you just handle me. Hi, um, I don't know what y'all pronouns are, but uh, black men. Yeah, hi, yeah, black yeah. men. <laughs> first first off, I respect that because I just saw you look. Y'all can't handle all, both of us, and it was like <laughs> dead in all of our souls. I just felt you look through each one of our screens. I'm talking um, to you and you and you. It was like that part in the in the movie when 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 um, Winston was like, "I can handle you," and she was like. How do you know? <laughs> How do um, you know? <laughs> Chantrelle uh, is a director. Um, she has a film called In Our Mother's Gardens that has just been released on Netflix. So yeah, sure you know what you need to do? You need to go watch that. Because mm-hmm. we know you got a Netflix password. Right. And if you don't, hit James up because James got Netflix. Borrow James' Netflix password and borrow James' Netflix password. Girl, you got to stop doing this. <laughs> I swear to God, if they, if the, if our listeners don't have Netflix, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you know somebody with a Netflix password, okay? <laughs> you know, that's not the way to do it. Listen, <laughs> if you ain't got it, up. tweet at James to get James's Netflix password, and now this will be can good watch. for for Chantrell's movie. If you sign up for Netflix and watch that first, that's oh, gonna be po- that's gonna be points on that's on real. the movie. So that's don't real. get somebody else's password if you don't have yeah. Netflix. Sign up. That's right. You right, James. You right. When you right, you right, bro. When you right, you right. You know what I mean? <laughs> James, can I borrow your Netflix password? No. Okay, all right. Just testing. Just testing to see how for real you were. Just testing to see how real it was. It, amazing. Yes. We are we do sorry, I forgot to tell I forgot to tell everyone we review films of leading black actors. We talk about yes. them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh and today uh we are reviewing how Stella got her groove back. Uh, mm-hmm. which came out in nineteen ninety-eight. Uh this is a R-rated comedy romance uh, film, drama. Based on the best-selling book, baby. Starring Angela Bassett, Tay Diggs, and Whoopi Goldberg. <clears throat> and the Damn. queen. Oh, yes, Regina King is also... Come on, yes. brother. I mean, this cast, <laughs> this entire cast is pretty strong. It's like a stacked yeah, cast. No, it's a pretty stacked cast. Regina King been playing like the hood best friend in so many movies for years. And it's just like, thank, I remember we, we reviewed it was a poetic justice. And it's like, yo, she's had that kind of like part. So now that she's like Regina King, I'm like, look at, look at you, man. Look at the come up. Like, look at the come up. Anyway, go ahead, Bray. My bad. My bad. Uh, I was just going to say that this film uh, made $39 million at the box office when it was released. Uh, I don't know how much it costs. Sometimes we... <laughs> uh, I'm looking 20. It costs 20. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah. It, it's a... Oh, yeah. Well, shall we do initial thoughts? Shall, shall we just get into it? It's basically... It, yeah, go ahead. Can I, can I jump in? Because mm-hmm. it's a whole lot of masculine energy up in this joint. And <laughs> I'm the special invited guest. And I know how to hold my own. Were, were you all born when that movie came out? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. We I, 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 I was, yeah, I was right. old by then. We all I was were. old by then. I just wasn't allowed to watch it. Oh, okay. I, uh, I think I, I saw it back then. Okay. I was, 
I mean, I I famously wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies, so I I didn't watch. I I wasn't allowed to watch it either. Okay, all right. I just wanted to. But do I was like alive. A, a generational test, real quick. Okay, all right. So, we're nineties so kids. We're we're yeah, no, we know, were there. We, we, we remember how big this was. Millennials. We are millennials. Okay, got it. Because mm-hmm. I remember Terry Terry McMillan, right? That's who wrote it. I yeah. remember Terry McMillan. Yeah, I remember when the book came out. Mm-hmm. What I remember about this movie is like. Terry McMillan, the book came out. And I remember when the movie came out, I remember specifically, and I hope I'm not, you know, my aunt, someone got a bootleg copy. So <laughs> on Sunday, like my cousins used to have like Sunday dinner. On Sunday, all the aunties and cousins was in the living room and kicked the kids out and they like put this movie on and it was like the big deal. Like so I here's knew- the thing. Gerard has been promoting borrowing... <laughs> I was about to say, I could tell because he was also talking about getting somebody else's Netflix special, so he get it honest. He's like, I get these from my family, okay? <laughs> How to like get somebody else, get something off of somebody else without having to pay for it full price. Got it. The bootleg, the bootleg costs the same price as the ticket. It's just that the bootleg go longer because, you know, you know, it's not a good thing. It's not a right. good thing. <laughs> You know, they had it at the beauty salon in the barbershop. Like, I'm trying to support small businesses as well. You know what All I mean? Right. right. So, yeah. So, For sure. you know, but yeah, they saw it and it was like such a big deal. And I remember, I remember one thing. I think it was, I don't know the exact moment, but I can tell Tate Diggs had did something. So I remember hearing my one uncle, woo, Lord. I, I just remember that sound. <laughs> and wow. I was like, I was like, oh, and I had no clue what it was meaning, but I was like, oh, he must have took his shirt off or something. And it was just, oh, Lord. And did you, could you tell what part that was when you watched the movie again? I, I do. I think it was the part, um, actually, I think it was the part when they were, when he was like rushing to take his clothes off and he took his mm-hmm. shirt off in the pants and he hopped on his back. Uh-huh. I think that was it. I remember hearing, I feel like I remember hearing Angela Bassett laugh. And I think at that point she's like, ah, I got you. And they're like giggling. So I want to mm-hmm. say it's that part. But, um, but also it could have been the part at the very end when like. Could have been the shower scene. The shower scene. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, that's a ooh lord. I said ooh lord when that. <laughs> I know. Ooh lord. I, I was oh. like, oh my god. <laughs> I oh, clutched wow. pearls that weren't there. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, okay. What's crazy is that this film has a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, get Rotten Tomatoes out of here. Somebody <laughs> close the site down. <laughs> yeah, they do need to close that site down though. So. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about. It. I mean, please, don't you like when? What was your? Did you see this movie when it came out in theaters? Uh, I don't remember. See, my memory is not set up like that. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm you know because you said it came out in when ninety one ninety eight ninety eight oh ninety eight. I was in college, so probably so. I was at Howard, so it's quite possible. Oh, I don't so. remember like. Going to you know if I if I, if I did I probably caught the um, metro at um, Howard Shaw Metro the Green Line to um, I think the red line to um, Pentagon City. Which Go was ahead, like a, talking all these DC trains. You know, I love it. Look, I grew up in Southeast. You talk. Oh, you talk about the area. Yeah, oh, come on down. You talk about right, the red well, line. I hear that DC coming out right now. So yeah, I probably would have seen it at Pentagon City if I saw it. At the theaters, which I'm sure, you know, that's what we were doing on weekends. So if I wasn't pledging or something, you know. So, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> Whatever it. your initial thought was. Like, yeah, did you like, like when, it? When you, yeah, when you, first, when you first saw it, did you? Because remember, so I don't remember when I first saw right. it. Because right. again, 
like I w- I've been telling folks that there are um, things that I might have come across in my, you know, my years as a young woman, um, like in my my 20s that would have like gone over my head because I didn't really didn't have that experience. Right. Yeah, a lot of stuff just went over. I couldn't feel it like that. I wanted to feel it like in my soul. Like I could understand like getting a younger man. Right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in my 20, you know, I was just like, yeah, oh, how was- can you, right. How can you relate? Yeah, at 41, 42, that's a different story. <laughs> I'm a married woman, though, but I just came back from Jamaica. You know, the Jamaicans were definitely lo- just admiring. They, they, they were testing you. <laughs> they were throwing up some tests. Those young men. And I told my husband, I'm like, you ain't got to worry about the pool boy now. Like, because it was a solo trip. Right. And he was like, oh, but I'm like, I'm not checking for the pool boy, though. <laughs> I'm not checking for the pool boy. So I think being able, I, and I love this, you know, me and my husband, we'll watch it together. And, and um, I'm not going to say we role play or anything, but. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say but, it. I'm not going to say we role play. But right. maybe every now and then I'm like, hey, you want to brush off that Jamaican accent? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's Nigerian, so he don't really got a Jamaican accent. You right. know, it's like, I'm just saying it's a different experience mm-hmm. watching it as a 42-year-old, almost 43-year-old grown woman. You right. know, right. Um, But it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable experience. <laughs> yes. I mean, um, I... I will say, I'm, uh, <laughs> I feel like this movie is incredible. Like, <laughs> there's also so much joy in it, too, which I loved. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, we're, just, we're in a different era of, of films right now. But, you know, we've talked about on this podcast how a lot of uh, films that are made today are focused a little bit more on, like, the kind of black suffering and the hardships of the black experience and it's so nice to just see a movie about a woman you know who who is doing well in her career you know and then just decides to take this vacation in jamaica and has a great time and falls in love and then is like oh this guy's really young but like that like and that's the main struggle of a movie which is like a legitimate like we all like we not all of us but like you know people can relate to you know being in relationships with somebody who is a bit younger or whatever, but it was just, it was nice to like watch a film about that, you know? And then that was just about life really. And not about like police brutality or, mm-hmm. or, right. or racism. She like had that. to face at the office. Yeah. It was like, right. You know? Yeah. Um, and you I know, thought there, was, there yeah. was, there were moments of, she had to deal with right. some microaggressions, which is of why course. she put it on firm. But yes. it wasn't, it wasn't trauma porn. Yeah. There was a lot of great, amazing, movies in the 90s that came out that was just like a reflection of like just everyday regular mm-hmm. black life right yeah absolutely yeah and Whoopi Goldberg and Angela Bassett mm-hmm. were incredible together like every scene they they had together I was like this is amazing uh there's and also the only thing that was throwing me off was the fact that Angela Bassett was actually 40 and I was looking at her like <laughs> yeah like she was 40 when she made it like that year like, what you 29 that year <laughs> i can't i couldn't oh one thing that threw me off was uh tay did this jamaican accent okay it did yeah, right oh, yeah. i was like all right but you know what bro you oh, trying when he, when he it's so funny because when he did it at first i actually legitimately thought like this guy was faking a jamaican accent <laughs> i thought it was like an american faking a jamaican accent to like pick up this woman and then I, and then I was like oh no that's real and he's gonna can have I that come sit with you <laughs> can I sit with that you thank you <laughs> you are you are lovely woman 
was like, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, what you guys think? Oh, yeah, you want to go over here? I mean, I can go. I um, I feel like this is at least my second time seeing the movie, and then I've probably seen like bits and pieces mm-hmm. and stuff every now and again. And like, I it's definitely different watching it now as an older guy. <laughs> to, like the the and the thing that like hit me the most mm-hmm. <laughs> was like the scene where they go to the movie and she's just like fully miserable <laughs> watching the movie and everyone else in the audience is young and loving mm-hmm. it. And it was just like, mm-hmm. it felt like such a... Yeah, man, it, she went to some some freaking teen, teen, teen comedy. Some teen, yeah, so, <laughs> some teen comedy. And she like kept, the whole time she kept being like, you know, you like eating Cocoa Puffs and like... <laughs> in the bed. <laughs> so you were just getting, you were just like, getting he triggered. He was 20, you know, yeah. like me in... I mean, I still do some of this stuff now, but it's like, but, <laughs> but like to it, it was like to an insane degree when I was just getting out of college, you know, around that age. Um, so it was like, re- you know, I think at the time, I don't know how it hit me at the time. I don't think I even had the semblance of understanding of like, <laughs> is he behaving like a child? Is she, you know, are they, what's the, what's the issue? I guess he's just really young, you know, but something about watching it now and then seeing the, I already talked about this, but seeing the, the, her meeting the parents that really hit me in a way that I was like, why does this, I feel like I'm being stabbed in the chest watching her have to interact with this mom. That is her age. Like I couldn't couldn't deal with that. Um, But anyway, great, really great movie. Love. It really, it really is like a, a lovely, like romance kind of story. Um, it, it also threw me a little bit, I think, watching it with with today's lens of like how everybody was like, you don't have no fun. You're not having fun, you know, but but I kept trying to like divorce my feelings of like, you know, she's a she's a, she's a, a hardworking woman and like <laughs> like she just likes to do her thing. She likes to run. She likes to do this, you know. Like it hit me the most when the boy was like, "Can you please have fun on this trip?" But then yeah, I, her I, son. I started thinking like, but, but you know, that's the whole point of this of this movie. Like she really is like such a workaholic that she's not allowing herself to enjoy, you know, enjoy the even just the little things, mm-hmm. you know. But I, but I was like, I, I just felt like I feel like my 2021 lens was like she should be able to do whatever she wants. Stop telling her to have fun. She, you know, like that I know. was the default. I but see, what's so interesting it. about that to me though is that there are there are movies with men who are workaholics, and then and people are like, dude, you got to live a little. Like, go like take a exactly. vacation and like have some sex. Yeah. And so yeah. this movie does that, and then so like why? Yeah, why can't? woman yeah no exactly i just watched anger management and that was that that's that whole yeah i mean i i like this movie a lot because it does a lot of what i think braylock said it's just like i just like that it humanizes us and it's like it's not bigly it's not it's not super racially like contingent on what's happening i will say this um two things came into my mind the whole time watching it um the eddie murphy bit about how um Fellas, be real he's, confident, and then this girl the going on a trip to Africa, <laughs> and it's just it's like you over here being confident, like I'm about to do all this. Your girl and there's some dude just waiting there in Jamaica, just swinging his dick and it's like <laughs> putting on his shoulder. Um, that and I will say, my partner teases me about it. I grew up 
loving women who are older than me. And so when I was watching the movie, she goes, this is what you do? You like used to just like going on trips, find older women? I was like, no, but there's like a confidence. Like to me is when I saw Tate Diggs, I'm like, I could see exactly besides um, Angela Bassett clearly being very attractive. I could see exactly why he was attracted to her because of like, it was a confidence in knowing what I like, knowing what I don't like, being like, how old is you? What are you doing? It's just, it just, it's like, I just understood both sides of that coin very well. Like she kind of forced him to grow up. He almost forced her to have more fun. And, and honestly, like they both were trying to get each other to, I don't know, find, maybe this is too much into it, but, but finding what their actual passion was like, you know, when she was talking about building things and talking about, you know, selling the furniture or not selling the furniture, but making the furniture. And then, you know, his dad wanted him to be a doctor to, to make money, but he liked cooking food. And it's just like both trying to figure out what's going on, even though they're like 20 years apart, they still have the same issues, which I think happens and connects people at the same time. So right. I really liked it. Also, I love that it was um, black people or black women with money. And it showed like yeah. the, 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 the one with money, the one who still had a job, who was an EMT, who was like still with the shits, but uh, <laughs> you know, still out here. We saw the cookout and it wasn't like, the super generic cookout. We got to see him interact with the family members. And then we got to, I don't know. I really like the different facets of black life. We got to see, um, I, I don't know. I, I really, it got, it got really, um, sentimental at certain points. And I was like, Oh, this is real cute. But I just really loved, uh, them partying, especially that pajama party. I've never been to one. I want to go to a pajama party so bad. <laughs> so that's, I was here for that. But you yeah, want, you want to go to a pajama party where in the middle of it, they're like, all right, everyone, take off your clothes. And then well, everyone starts taking off. I mean, that part I forgot was a bit there much. was straight up nudity in this, in this movie. <laughs> I fully forgot that. That part was a little rough because I always, after um, House Party 2, um, the pajama jammy jam, I've always wanted to go to a pajama party. And I'm like, this is... Stella went to one. I can go to one too. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But let's break it down. What's up, folks? This podcast is sponsored by Earning. Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so watch your payday. The money you earn could be in your hands today with Earning. Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earning app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Think about it. Say you're going out for a special date or it's getting hot, y'all. You might need a fresh outfit for brunch or something nice. Or maybe you just want to feel good and take yourself to dinner. Earning can help you today. Make earning a part of your financial routine and join earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Download Earning today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in jump under podcast when you sign in. It'll help the show out. Jump under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period. See earning.com slash DOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member 
FDIC. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast Smartless on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless on the Road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you open Google Chrome on your phone. You're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with. When you're supposed to be working... But this site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl, though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. Well, the start of this uh, film is... I'm trying to remember. It's just her... Is it her at work? Running. She's, she's running. She in shape, I think. Wait, can we talk about Angela Bassett for a second? Yeah, I'm sorry. We should. Like, there is some... Like, I remember... Has she been nominated for an Oscar? Oh, she hasn't yeah, she was nominated for... Um, what Love Got to Do With It. Right, exactly. All right. There's something about Angela Bassett in particular to me where it's like... She, I know people always say, like, you know, Viola Davis is you know, the Black Male Street or whatever, like, however you say it. But, like, there's something about Angela Bassett where, like, every time you've seen her, she's always had these, like, award-winning performances no matter what kind of movie it's in. You know, you ever see a person who, like, you're like, ah, the script isn't that good, but that actor elevated, like, the script a little bit better. And I'm looking at her like, yo, no matter what she's in, she's all, like, whether it's American Horror Story. Yeah. Like, even I watched the episode of, like, 911, and I'm like, you're too good for 911. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like she'd be rocking on it. And in this movie, I was like, she's beautiful. I couldn't get over that. I was like, I couldn't get over that. I started Googling Courtney B. Vance to be like, man, brother, you so lucky. <laughs> I literally was looking at her. I was like, you lucky brother. Man, who else was in that Yale class? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so funny too, because my I think I've talked about this on the podcast because we've talked about Angela bassett a few times but my mom has never liked has never liked angela bassett and i oh, wow. and i every time i watch her in something i try to figure out what it might be and i feel like it's that she makes so many choices like everything she makes a moment out of everything and not mm-hmm. to a point where it's overacting i never feel like she's doing too much but i wonder if that's what it is <laughs> to my mom like that it feels like she 
literally is able to make a moment out of everything and so it's like it i wonder if it's like too much for for oh her. she's doing the most or something like <laughs> yeah, that yeah <laughs> i mean i really like angela bass i just feel I like she's great i don't think she i feel like she's so natural i mean there's so so many times in this movie where i was like one i feel like she was nailing every moment and then she has like i feel like she has so many different levels like mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she can be like like stern or whatever, but she's she's had like I don't know. It, it was great. I thought <laughs> the whole movie. I was like, man, she's so good. She's such yeah, a great the whole actor. movie. The yeah, whole movie. I have, I'm shocked every time I hear my mom <laughs> say it. It's like how? Why? But it's also what? something about her too that it's like. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but there's there's this thing, not necessarily with her so much, but when I was looking at Regina King in particular, I'm like, man, there are these black actors who have been around for so long and now we know them as great, but the amount of work they've had to do and the age that they've, the age when people start calling them great is something that like always is like, um, I don't know why, I mean, it bothers me a little bit because I'm like, you know, sometimes you, again, there's always some blonde, starlet that people are like oh my god this is the next coming of whoever to have and that that person wins an oscar i feel like angela bassett also falls though into that category mm. of like you know there was a there was a there was a a ton of um you know there were it feels like there were way more black movies in the 90s than there are now right and like angela bassett right. is in that camp of people that was like she's she is great you know <laughs> and yeah. like but 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 didn't quite it, it not in the same she didn't she didn't get exalted in the same way that like a, a Meryl Streep did for whatever reason. And I feel like she is still I feel like she's still looked at and respected in that way. But like, mm-hmm. you know, but like people don't talk about like when people are talking about great actor a- actresses or whatever, they might default to like a Meryl Streep instead of a, the default being Angela Bassett yeah. where it. It, I feel like it could, it could very, very much equally be like you're like, oh yeah, Angela Bass. Also, the, it's the Oscars thing too, right? Like how yeah, many? It, it is. It's literally how many people watch a film, people care. But like, I, but again, this movie here, it's so crazy because this movie here, you have Angela Bassett and Regina King, just like in this movie together, and and EGOT winning Whoopi Goldberg. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. When you think about the black female power in this movie, it's just. Um, I don't know, man. It's something about it that I love to see it, but also it feels like such a rarity that you get to see it and not, again, to see them just like either hanging out, like like talking shit. Like literally Regina King throughout this movie is like, look at you glowing. I want to know all the details. And at one point, sorry, this is skipping, but um, at one point when she leaves after Stella first gets back from Jamaica and she's like, all right, I got to go to work. And she cuts on the siren. And then all of a sudden you see Stella look up and she's not rushing off anywhere. She's just cutting on the siren <laughs> as she's leaving. <laughs> it's like, I love that kind of like, she's still ratchet, still has a job, still borrowing money, but no one makes fun of her really for being down and out. Except for the very beginning when they all kind of are taking shots at each other. Right. Um, yeah. It's funny because they take shots at everybody except for the woman who dates a white dude. Like they say like, um, oh, your husband, you know, has to pay all the bills and stuff. But I didn't realize until like later in the movie that it was a white dude. And I'm like, right. yeah, I don't think we even see him until the end. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, all these shots the she's taking, y'all not about to comment on on this? I was like, this is <laughs> this is what you should have. This is the zingers right here, man. 
Um, <laughs> that, uh, I wonder if that was supposed to read. I mean, it didn't to me, but I wonder if it's supposed to read as like a visual joke almost when he shows up and you're like, it was this dude the whole time. I don't think it's played that way, but like, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if that's how it is in the book or if that, you know, there's, but there just seemed to be something to him not showing up until the end and it being a mixed race couple. And, you know, like it just yeah. seemed like there was something to that. Can I ask y'all a question? You feel free, anyone can answer, but like, has anyone ever, cause this movie, like a lot of the, a lot of the drama, if you will, is the age difference. Like eventually like her worrying about the age and then seeing the differences, but then also bringing that younger person into their life. Has anyone dated someone like older and have had to have the relatable moments of uh, these things we do have to like figure out because of the, the gap between. Yeah. I had a couple of crushes. My, oh, my, uh, oh, God. My wife is younger than me. I, I was asking in general. I, that, that was to you, Chantrell James. It wasn't It wasn't just focused to you. It was just like, has any... That wasn't just okay. a you question. <laughs> we know your wife is younger than you. The way you, the way you jumped on that, Bray, I no, need no. to know the we story. Know, behind. Everyone knows Bray's wife is much younger than him. Much younger than I him. Yes, know we what you know, trying Bray. to cover up. <laughs> <laughs> no, James, what were you saying? <laughs> James, what were you saying? <laughs> no, just, it, just, you know, Kat and I are two days apart. Like, uh, and, and I've had crushes, but never actually dated anybody who was, who was significantly older than yeah. me. Chantrell, have you dated someone younger than you? Uh, I have. Because basically, like, the whole crust of the movie is just the age difference. Have you right, ever? Right, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, a ex- the youngest dude I've dated, uh, <laughs> best day in the background is like, who? <laughs> um, I've dated, like, 10 years younger, oldest, 10 years older. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I can't imagine if somebody will come up here and my bonus son will come home with somebody my age, because Mm. we're like the same we're like that same age difference so mm. like and even when we were doing his whole little um morehouse um you know pa- parent orientation weekend everybody was like how you doing ma'am and yes ma'am i was like oh, all these little sudden but you know clearly i'm like if somebody was trying to holler at my bonus son it would be a problem but yeah nah, that whole 20 year age difference like i'm i'm not mm-mm. but there have been some juvies in the past <laughs> 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 I love it. So <laughs> juvies. I love it. I, I tried yeah, to I, I, I one time I dated a person eleven years older than me and I realized um it, it wasn't movies. It wasn't like going to movies, but I, I realized the music references um were different. Where like I would reference like back that thing up as like a song I used to love. I would say like, man, when I was in high school, like the song was the jam. And I remember when I said it, like a look of terror came across her face. I was like, what? It's, it's juvenile. And she's like, how old were you when it came out? I was like, oh, you know, I was like 13, 14. And when I say it was silence for a little bit, it was like, oh, no, we're on the same age. Yeah, it was, it was, it was not okay. It was like, you were that young? I was like, yeah, but that was years ago. Clearly, we're both over 21 Uh-oh. now. You know, <laughs> I got legit said, like, we're both over 21 now. <laughs> But yeah, stuff. I do get that trend. Like, I I think that was a really good thing they did in the movie. Like, not only focusing on um, like the family talking about it, but just being out in the world together. 
because there are those little nuances of like, you know, the books and movies your friends will watch if you're older, but then also like, you know, being in the line and everyone being younger and just kind of looking. So I thought they touched on that in a really, really nice way. <laughs> I think one of the things that I like the most about um, the film, particularly in its portrayal of, um, you know, Black, you know, like just relationships. So even outside of Stella's relationship with Winston, right? Mm-hmm. But just like her relationship with her sisters, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, so from a Black woman's perspective, like a Gen, Gen Xer, mm-hmm. 40-some-year-old Black woman's mm-hmm. perspective, um, if I wasn't married, like, I could see myself easily. I mean, because I've taken those trips before, Buku trips, mm-hmm. where I've traveled abroad. And I'm like, is it going to be the dude on the plane? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the dude at the airport? Is it going to be, you know, yeah. and I, I remember, yeah, so there's been plenty of hot boys, exes, <laughs> in different, you know, um, time zones, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was always, like, looking for the one. And she didn't necessarily go out there to, like, look for the one. But she can't. She ended up finding it. But when, like I said, getting back to my point, um, I love you know the, the relationships between like her and her sisters, mm-hmm. like because that's a very real thing. Particularly if you're single, you know, um, you know, you got the friends and the family. Like, oh, when are you going to settle down? Or you know, like her sister being judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, then they got the younger sister like bucking her up, and so you know, just that person trying to hold the family together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you're managing these relationships with these other women in your lives, whether it's like your friends or your sisters. So I really enjoyed seeing that dynamic on the screen as well. Like not just even, and then also her being a, a, a mom, right? Because she has this, you know, fine ass, you know, hot boy. And then she has this child that, and then this ex-husband. And so it's like all of these different dynamics plus her career and then the sisters. And so I think that, for a lot of black women in their forties, whether they're single or not, managing all of those different relationships and navigating them is something that a lot of people can relate to. One of the things that I thought was was interesting about the the movie, and that I think that like I'm not sure if going into this more would have made it more fun or less fun, but like the the movie focused a lot on the differences of like these are the things that I find funny. And these are the things that, 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 you know, these are things that I like to do versus these are things that, that you like to do. But one of the things I think is interesting about people of that, are, that have like 20 years apart or, 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 or more dating is like, is the life experience thing. Like I've, I, I find it interesting that like, he's like, I want to have a, they, they throw it away in like one line. I want to have a kid. And like, you are you already have a kid and a and a career like i don't know if like i don't know if focusing on that would have made the movie more Ugh. fun but but like i just feel like there is just even so many more areas <laughs> that like is different about dating someone that's that much older than you or younger than it's, you it's interesting because Chantrell, as kind of goes with you and Ginger saying but like as you were talking about like um how relatable and the experience of a woman in her forties. And I was thinking movies now, like I know pretty like we were talking about like a lot of movies kind of now focus on like, um, you know, black pain and stuff like that. But I was trying to think of like how many movies have I seen like in theaters that have come out that have just been about like, you know, black women in particular, just hanging out and doing stuff like outside of like the movies we had in the nineties of like waiting to exhale, I still got a groove back. And for some reason, the biggest one I can think of is Girls Girls Trip. And I may be the only one I can think of for like the last 10 years. And it's one of those things where 
I know there was a big change where people were saying it. So you had like a lot of um, older white women with these movies of like the friends trying to like date younger dudes and like different variations of life. But I haven't seen that many with black women. And I'm like, is I wonder, is it one of those things where now we're like, do these movies get pitched or are we waiting for Hollywood to go back in time when we could have movies just outside of our narrative movies outside of our pain that can get um, greenlit and made? I think there's a lot of uh, films that are getting pitched every day. You know, I have so many friends in the industry and, you know, and even having pitched even television show ideas. Um, and there's just like this real uh, narrow focus on, particularly when you have white people on the other, other side of the table, mm-hmm. you know, where they're trying to tell you, oh, this is what audiences want. I'm like, but I'm I'm the black audience. I know what I want to see mm-hmm. on television. I know what I want to see on film. And it's like, oh, but maybe you should just do this. Or you, but I'm like, how are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. I'm black. I have black friends. I went to black schools. Mm-hmm. I have a very, I'm, I live in a black bubble. So I actually know the kind of conversations we have. I know when we're seeing like the same old tropes each and every day. We get tired of it. So I know that there are folks that are out there pitching, but then you have these uh, execs who, where, you know, you can go and like pitch something and there aren't any other black people in the room, you know, or it's a particular type of black person. Cause the idea also is that, you know, and I don't know where you all grew up. I know Gerard, you grew up in DC, mm-hmm. Southeast, mm-hmm. Southeast, Thanks. South, no, Southeast. Don't play it. I'll tell you Listen, what the hell now. Go-Go is my shit now. Nah. Like, Go-Go is my shit. So I don't know where the rest of y'all grew up, but you know, there are different, blackness is not a monolith. So like, even there are companies and execs will think we have this one token black person and they can speak on the range mm. of the black experience. And as you all know, you know, we're, we're not a monolith. We're not, we can't be fit into this one box. Mm. So I was on a, on a podcast the other day talking or something, IG Live or whatever. And I was talking to a person and I said, I, I want to do a film about my first trip to Nigeria. And she was like, oh, I would, cause that's going is going to be a motherfucking, um, that's going to be a, a, a cult classic. I mean, it was, there was so many jokes. Mm-hmm. It was like jokes on jokes on jokes on jokes and jokes was on us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like jokes on the folks there. Like on us. And so she was like, Oh, that's going to be my story. And I'm like, girl, do, and she was talking about her first trip to Ghana, but I'm like, there should be many conversations and films about mm-hmm. your first trip to the continent. Just like there are so many stories about World War II and so many stories about Queen Elizabeth and so many stories about the crown, like so many stories about JFK. So I'm like, why can't we have 10 stories about someone's first trip to the to Africa? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that there are people trying yeah. to get these stories told. But, you know, again, there are not enough people in the room who can make these decisions to green light these things. Damn, you never lied. There is... Man, James, I feel like you talked about it once. It was like, I feel like there's so many movies about so many random white people who did average things. But then you think about like just other stories of like black people just doing something. It's like you get one, you get one attempt and like that has to cover everything. And it's like, that is, I, I hear you. Like that is one of the most frustrating things ever because I think even the people who are execs now, like one of my friends just got promoted to be an exec at a studio and yeah, he's supposed to speak for everybody. He's supposed to speak for black men, black women. He's supposed to speak for right. like um, black queer folk. And I'm like, this this is not even a fair assessment because now he's under a lot of pressure because if he doesn't pick the right black film, it's like not only is it going to hurt that film, but it's like now we can't trust the one black dude we had in the room because like, see, we we gave you the opportunity. Guess you don't know the. Guess you don't know what to do. And it's like that's so much pressure. <laughs> 
Right. Ugh. Well, it's also just like, you think about the fact that when this movie came out, this movie came out in the 90s, and when there was a, when there were films with like majority black cast or all black cast, they were kind of labeled black films, right? So like, people, it was like not even targeted towards white people. The idea was like, well, this is like this demographic. Uh, black people will see this movie, then, but white people won't see it because black people are in it. Like they, didn't, nobody really, nobody necessarily said that out loud, but like that's clearly how things were targeted. They never, they would never release films like this internationally. And then I feel like now you have so many films that you have all these diversity initiatives and, you know, diversity is in and the people want to tell inclusive stories. But I think people have an idea of what those inclusive stories look like. Right. And instead of being able to just have a film that's just like people going on a trip, Mm. you know, or like, you know, like it's like, no, 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 we need to tell like an important story that hasn't been told about the black experience and how hard it is, the struggle and blah, 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 blah. You know, so, but I, but like Chanchelle was saying, like, I think there are people wanting to create that. And I think those stories are probably already written, you know, they're waiting to be made. Maybe they're being made right now. Who knows? But yeah, hopefully we get more, more things like this. Cause I mean, there's so much about this movie that I just read, I just looked at, cause I was looking at some of these reviews and this one review was like, oh, there's only one missing, uh, one thing missing from this story and it's the main ingredient conflict it's like a bad review that some white person gave about this movie um and it's like there's conflict in this movie Mm -hmm. right all over the movie but again that's when that's the problem when and i myself like i don't i don't subscribe to the same like Mm -hmm. mainstream norms you know i came into filmmaking through Mm -hmm. being a curator and so my background was in western art history so i'm like I'm going to make films and not going to be from a Western white person's lens of filmmaking. And so I don't know that, you know, uh, certain folks have the capacity, you know, the understanding of the context to understand like, yeah, the conflict is mm-hmm. the conflict between her and his mm-hmm. mama. Like, what do you want to, you know, what you mm-hmm. try, what you doing with my son? You can't mm-hmm. find a man right. your own age. That's the conflict. That's conflict between her and her sister trying to tell her what to do. You know, she had conflict at her work. You know, I mean, conflict. With yeah, you know, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to fix conflict with herself, trying to be like, I am passionate about this one thing, but I'm making money in my career doing this other thing. Can I pursue both passion and purpose and thriving? Right. So that's a lot of um, conflict there. But again, um, the need for that's why quote-unquote, diversity is so important in in terms of decision-making, you know, when folks are at the table so that people can be like, well, actually, like you said, Bray, like, you see I'm calling Listen, you Bray. It flows, like, right? Just, it flows, you know, right? <laughs> Come on, man, it flows. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, like, um, there are folks that, who understand and can point that out. And there's a need for that. Can what, this kind of off-subject, mm-hmm. though, I just want to throw this in because it made me think about something. Yeah. You know, there are times when I also watch like white mm-hmm. films so I can escape and, and I don't need a black person mm-hmm. thrown in, right? Like, I think about like Sex in the City when they threw in Jennifer Hudson. I was like, I was okay with it being all white. Don't yeah. give me a token yes. black role either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need that. Like, I'm okay even in Harry Potter. Same. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Like, I'm good with Hogwarts being like, all white school because then I can't think about how mm-hmm. y'all treating a little black boy or <laughs> mm-hmm. he, you know, whatever, right, you know right. what I'm saying? So 
don't get me tokenism either. And and or if we have a black film, then don't feel a need to like throw some mm-hmm. random white person in. Right. You know what I mean? They also express diversity. You know, like there ain't too many white folks <laughs> living in my house. It's not actually none. I don't know there have been any. <laughs> Wow. It's okay. I went to Howard. But you're saying it makes so much sense because it's that thing of like, I think the tokenism, to me, all that does is separate. We us. were talking about this with Black Superman. Yeah, like literally, Black Superman is giving me anxiety because I love comics, but also it's like the fact that we're calling him Black Superman already separates him from just being a Superman. Like, wait, that's the thing? That's yes. The thing? Yes. They want to make a, so yeah, DC kind of announced that they want to make a uh, Superman film with a, with a, black person playing but they keep saying the article is called on black women like idris alba has talked about bond and he's like yo i don't want to do it because i don't want to be the black bond i just want to be bond and that reminded me of this morning i was i don't even know if this is a question i think it's uh, i think i know the answer but how that review said there's no drama in this i think hollywood and people in general and that goes for black men too not in everybody but i think there's somehow like people find it hard to relate to what black women go through because I was talking about um, I May Destroy You this morning in comparison to like um, Promising Young Woman and like how everyone loved Promising Young Woman. It was like got all got nominations when it came to like I May Destroy You. She didn't win anything even though this was like a critically acclaimed show and I'm like the only difference I can really think of is a racial difference where it's like this black woman is telling a story about something that is fictional but actually happened to her at the same time and it feels like something that's so distant for people to sometimes understand it. It's like, in my mind, we will always, we always separate when it comes to black people. Like we always separate our stories while people are like, oh, this is a black thing that's happening. This is something that's happening to a black woman. And it also doesn't, it makes it feel like it's not relatable to the masses. In my mind, it's like, how do we get to the point where like our story isn't necessarily just a black story, but just like, this is an American story. Like Stella is an American woman who wants to find love who happens to be black and goes to Jamaica. You know what I mean? Like, but you know what? I, but you know, it's interesting you said that, just again, going back to my like uh, experience as a curator, there was a whole movement called the post-black movement, mm. you know, like a post-black art movement that was like kind of mm. born out of, you know, like uh, work at Studio Museum and different artists that are working there. And there was this whole kind of movement to talk about work from black artists that might deal with black subjectivity but that they didn't want to be defined as black artists for that same reason. They just want to be defined as artists. And I was, I was actually thought that I was, I found that problematic because I'm mm. like, I'm biggity black, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I actually don't, I mean, it is uh, very challenging because I, I came, I was, you know, my graduate training um, in Africana studies was an African centered school of thought, you know, at Temple University where the idea is like you should not have to say black excellence or black this or black that because by default it is excellent mm-hmm. if it's black. Mm-hmm. Um and so by putting black on it is it's it's giving credence to white supremacy. But mm-hmm. for me, so I understand that. So I should just when I say books, mm-hmm. I should I shouldn't have to say a black book if I'm centering myself, right? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to say I'm about to read this good right. black book. I should just say I'm reading a good book even though it's black because I'm censoring my own experience and then put the label on white or anything outside of my blackness. But at the same time, there's something about asserting my identity, you know, with like a black film, a black story, a black art, because we're still, even though we're the majority in the world, 
we're still kind of in, in inside of a, a white, racist, Eurocentric, mm-hmm. white supremacist framework. And mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said about asserting or over-asserting Blackness that, um, that also centers us and kind of contends with the challenges that we have to face as mm-hmm. Black folks in these spaces, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that does. I mean, that's and, and that's such the conflict, isn't it? It's like, I feel like it, that also is a thing for me, too. It's like, my people have to have so much. There's so many thoughts that have to go into anything. Like, literally, like, do I call it, like, the Black art? Or is it just art? The fact that like, we even have to have that issue sometimes gets right. to me. It's like, you know, we used to be on an improv um, team together, and we would have talks about, like, the type of comedy we would do. Like, how... Black centric, mm-hmm. could we make it? You know what I mean? Whereas, like, we're in a place where, like, all other white teams, and I'm like, there's no way these other teams would be like, hey, are we talking about Star Wars too much today? Is it too white? Like, ah, maybe that Back to the Future joke wasn't necessary, but like, we, you know, I remember one of our friends had such a problem because he said, quarter water on stage. And he was like, it's too black. No one knows what that is. And I'm like, bruh, but some person in that audience knows what the fuck quarter water is. Wait. But is that too black? What is quarter water? Quarter water is is a very New York. Um, it's like New York black. It's like we all had it, we, but we I don't all know had it. But it's a we very call New York quarter term, water um, for like <laughs> small, like um, you know, like the the little baby waters you get those drinks, little juices. <laughs> we see. I don't. Even, I don't even remember calling it quarter water. I just was like, oh, like drink, the huggies. I called them huggies. I, even, I know. Okay, so yeah. see, so but is that is that a uh, and that goes back to the whole conversation mm-hmm. about mono, uh, blackness being a monolith because it's not like it's too black. That's if that's New York. I'm not yeah, talking true. about that shit in the morning. True. We call our soft drinks. Right. We don't call it pop. We don't call it soda. We call it cold drinks. Even if it's hot, it's cold. A uh-huh. cold gonna be a cold drink. Seven up gonna be a cold drink. Big shot gonna be a cold drink. It could be hot as hell because it's been sitting outside all day, and it's gonna be a cold drink. You know what yeah, I mean? That's like so that's a, it's also regional. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so again, yeah, that's even the idea. So even saying that, like, is it too black? But it's like, oh, this is a very specific yeah form of you know black culture, um, and it should be able to be expressed. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, because like, and even I say buku. In Cali, they say hella. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say hella because I'm going to say buku. Mm-hmm. In New York, folks were saying like mad. Like there's mm-hmm. like mad people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so, but I'm not going to cold switch yep. to make somebody else feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How could I? So your boy should be able to say quarter water. And I don't have to know what that means as a black person. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm gonna say. I should not have to pretend to know what that, what that means either. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, he was so mad. Yeah, I mean, no, you're so right. Dang. Oh, you say, oh, sorry, this is now just another reference. You say buku? That what it is? Buku. 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 Yeah, buku I, people, they have buku people buku? at the party. Or they got buku food at their house. Buku. No, I love it. Buku. I, I, I love that. I love, I love uh, everybody's things. I know in DC we say mo, ja, um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I just, I not just learned, but I've been hearing it more now that I've been around the people who say jean. I can't say it right. John. 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 And ball. Like young ball. Yeah. John, so yeah. Like, young ball over there. I love that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That that literally is just a side note for me. But like, okay, Buku. All right. New Orleans. Got it. Like, I just like to know people. <laughs> you got put it in the script. Buku. Got it. Yeah, but even so, like, my godson is over right. here right now, too. He's from Philly. He's, uh, he's black, 
Puerto Rican, Afro Latino. So folks to see him was like, oh, I thought he's Puerto Rican. He is. Both his parents are Puerto Rican. He's black. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. there are black Puerto Ricans, mm-hmm. black right. Dominicans, black Cubans, mm-hmm. black Brazilians. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And so he he'll talk about like stories he want to tell. Um, and I'm always just like, yeah, like center yourselves. You know, I'm also like telling stories that we haven't heard before either. You know, but like he has a very specific lens as a black Puerto Rican. He's 21 years old growing up in North Philly. And so that's a very specific experience. And there's like probably folks from like, it might be similar to Meek Mill's Mm -hmm. experience. It might be a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Because what he's eating at home might be a little bit different than what Meek is eating at home. And I don't know too much about Meek Mills. Just like, I probably wouldn't even know who he was if I crossed him on the street. I mean, he like walked past him. Just letting you know, because again, and it's funny, even when I'm talking to my friends in the Netherlands, I've been going back and forth to the Netherlands for like about 10 years. And they'll tell me something about like a black movie here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't seen that. Or I haven't even heard of it before. Or they might mention a black actor or actress. And I'm like, I'm... Who is that? Mm-hmm. Who is who is? I'm not familiar. <laughs> don't know who that is. But it's this expectation because you're black, then you're supposed to know. Yeah, know everything or about black culture. Certain yeah. aspects That's of exactly. black culture, I'm just not interested in. Right. Certain movies, I'm not going to watch because right. I just don't feel right. like it. Right. Yeah, which is like, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I was that was so annoying about this period of time in which it's it's like, oh, it's all black cast, so like black people everybody black has to know what that movie is and has to like it and seen it. And then white people have no, there's no, it's like the expectation is that they haven't seen her. They don't know what it, they don't even know what the movie is. They don't even know who those (laughs) actors are. Um, And it's because of that weird, I mean, that weird, it's just like historical segregation of, you know, this, these crazy notions of what even it, what it even means to be black and, and Mm. to be white, you know, I mean, but this movie, I mean, it's so funny because like I, I do think like I, I, I was thinking about this stuff when I was watching this movie because I was like, this movie is just a it's like a, it's a romance like mm-hmm. any other romance movie. Right. Like, yes, like there is something about black culture that is infused within it that makes it amazing. Like, I, I, I love that. I love the aspects of the the cookouts. I love the like different, uh, you know, the different kind of uh, influences that we see, like black community influences that we see within the movie like just the way that Whoopi and mm-hmm. angela are relating to each other like you know it just fe- it feels different it's, there's a different energy there than the energy between you know the sex in the city ladies but at the end of the day they're still talking about men you know like they're still talking about like who you sleep with like you know what's going on they're having fun together like it's just like girl talk it's like it's a it's a fun thing to witness and there's no reason why just just the same way that black people can watch watch yes. movies with with all white cast and like not you know what i mean like why can't white people watch movies with all black ass right but i'm and also but again yeah. i don't care if white people watch, i don't say i don't care but it's okay you know mm. what i'm saying like i feel like people should do what they want to do if white people don't want to watch a movie with all black cast then don't watch a movie like i don't i think we we sometimes we look for we crave for validation so much like see me i want to be seen and i'm like is it not good enough that black folks are watching it now mm. when it comes to awards and recognition but again it's like if you're looking for that validation then maybe you need white folks to watch but i mean i think even black panther was an example that i went to school with chad fyi um you know he's one of my um 
wow. friends. And I used to go to Ira Eldridge Theater and watch him perform because he was like really close to one of my best friends. And I used to was like, oh, this is like really mm. country, you know, because he would be wearing overalls and like chewing on straws, something like that. And, you know, it was like one of those weird <laughs> fine art students, weird to me because I'm coming from straight out of New Orleans. And I'm like, all with fine arts kids were like artsy. So they were like in another category. You know, I was a hot girl. I was like trying to pledge and, you know, hang out with the football team. I wasn't trying to hang out with the So my best friend was like <laughs> learning how to play guitar from Chad in the middle of the yard. I'm like, yo, and going natural and burning incense. I'm like, yo, she didn't fucking lost her mind. But I don't even know what the point was. What was I talking about? <laughs> well, was, um, I mean, you're talking about the oh uh, needing, yeah, need- needing their validation and stuff. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. is it okay if mm-hmm. just black people watch her shit? Is it okay if you just get recognized mm-hmm. by like, you know, NAACP Image Awards and all that kind of stuff? I mean, granted, I have a film that's on Netflix right now. For me, the biggest win about that, and shout out to Array you know, Ava, who's been pushing, you know, black storytelling or whatever, but is that more people will be able to see it. That's the biggest win and validation that uh, mm-hmm. uh, that comes with mainstream. You know what I mean? Is that it'll, there'll be more black people that can see it because it's on Netflix. Not that I need white people to see right. my film and tell me how they feel about it. That's right, real. exactly. Yeah, no, and that, and that, but that's my point. Isn't that white people need? Oh, it, it would be nice for white people to validate it by watching it, or, or if they don't want to watch it, being like, "No, you should watch it." It's it's the it's the people who were pushing the movie, and they were only targeting black people, and they were like, not even white people didn't even right. know about the movie because there was an mm-hmm. assumption that white people wouldn't want to watch anything. It was like a racist assumption. It was like projecting yeah. racism onto other white people, which is like a thing that I think people do and they don't even like, it, it, it was one of those things like, well, this is not a political podcast, but it was one of those <laughs> things where like, you know, they would talk like even during the election time, they'd be like, Oh, well, the white people won't vote for that candidate because they're ra- like white people would say this like oh I, my, my family wouldn't vote for this person because they're kind of racist so they wouldn't vote for this x x y z person because they don't they're they're racist and it's like are, okay but i don't know the, just that the assumption the assumption that somebody won't like something just because it's an all-black cast like a white person wouldn't want to watch it or couldn't relate to it like that in and of itself is what bothers me. Not that if they don't want to watch it, fine. They don't want to watch it. You know what I mean? But it's usually they don't even know about it. You know, that was once upon a time brought to Netflix's attention about their algorithms, about how they were, you know, if you're watching something with black people, then they're like, all right, so this person is might, might be black. And so they're only going to watch content with other black people, you know, right. and then they're not thinking about somebody like Chantrell who wants to watch Harry Potter and the crown and you know, right. shit about the Russian czars and I could, I could write a dissertation about like the Russian empire and the fall of the Russian <laughs> empire. Cause I've like deep dived into so much shit. Right. And so folks would be like, I didn't, I honestly haven't seen girl trip. Cause I actually get annoyed sometimes, you know, how in new Orleans, I'm like, I want to be in new Orleans when it's new Orleans folks in new Orleans. But I know we mm, really, right. you know, the tourism, I like I didn't go to Essence a whole lot like that. Cause I would be like, I'm gonna go to jazz fest. And it was just like us and not a whole bunch of tourists coming acting real crazy in my city. But, but the expectation though, as a black woman would be that. And I know that it was like super funny, you know, like I've heard nothing but rave reviews from my friends. But like, honestly, 
I haven't watched it. So I don't know if people judge me, but like that's how I judge people who haven't seen like Color Purple or yeah. The Wig. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can you, I mean, I could Listen. pull Color Purple down, like down. Like all my life I had to fight. You know what I'm saying? And like, I was married now. Wait, did y'all see Color Purple? Oh, yeah, we reviewed that. Like, oh, you okay. bringing up the Wiz. Come on now. These are- I mean, the Wiz. Like, one of my homeboys told me he never saw the Wiz. And I'm like, how you not? He older than me. I'm like, how did you not ever see the Wiz? Right. You know what I'm saying? And But anyway. Yeah, no, I think I'm that's so like, real. What you're saying, I think we're, as black people are expected. But again, that's the thing is like, people expect you to have seen Girls Trip. And it's like, it's black. Right. Why didn't you see it? Like, there's and I'm, so a many- woman. I'm a black woman. Yeah. I'm a cisgender, cishet black woman it's like why don't you see it like i feel like there's so many times but i the thing that i do want and it, it goes back to bray it's like i think when people just start marketing our projects it's just this is the new movie out this week like this is the new doc out this week and it's like even if it is black specific it is something where like yeah i grew up watching action movies and it was never a black dude until 1996 when you know, when Will Smith got to save the world from aliens. But every year prior to that, I was watching Bruce Willis, Steven, Sp- I mean, it was uh, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger saved the world. And at no point as a kid, I was like, ah, I can never save the world because they white. And I do feel like if we have more heroes like that, there will be like white kids, Latino kids, Asian kids be like, oh yeah, this is just now our hero. And yes, they will know he's black, but it's also like, it is cool to see this black person save the world. Um, but I don't know these yeah. these things that yeah we just need more studios we need we need twenty more macros and then um you know yeah. tw- twenty more black owned shows and then we'd be good and so I mean also like twenty like more like black and that's why um like my husband and I have a um company called Shop Black where we promote black owned businesses globally mm. and um I think that's why black resources and wealth is so important mm. because someone doesn't have to want to you know star in the film or you know, uh, uh, be involved in the film industry, but folks can executive produce, you know, and mm-hmm. folks can like pool their mo- money and resources together. But, like, that's why we need resources. You know, I mean, it's not just like in the film industries with black schools and institutions, you know, I'm like, you know, black, their resources are so important. I mean, money is so important. And I feel like there are folks who are, who use their resources to help push narratives, you know, mm-hmm forward um but i think we also need more of that so even if they're like black folks in the tech industry they need like some of them need to also pull their resources in productions as well like come on board as eps like they don't have to own their own production company but they can like also put on some of their resources but that, but you know i'm trying to be rich myself so i don't have to like preach to other people how they should use spend their own money but i could you know do that no, myself. that's real because i think uh i guess this is a plug um um, I know a lot of people right now, you know, I used to work at Viacom and they're greatly trying to diversify, but have no clue how to do it. So a lot of people, especially I'm a snitch, whatever. Viacom is very dependent on Array's new database of like, you know, because she has a database where like uh, below the line people can like, hey, I'm an editor, a black editor. Um, Array crew. Array crew. Array crew. Yes. Array crew. <laughs> and so like you'll talk to these people, you know, who've run the post department for 20 years and you're like, hey, we would like four black editors on this project. And they will go silent. Like, I mean, I've been on calls in this. Um, I'm like, hey, we have a show. We kind of want someone who understands the black voice, who's younger, who's, you know, knows marketing knows twitter and you'll get on the call and the whole marketing department is on the call and there's not a single black person on the call and then if you call them out they'll be like uh we can find some 
You know, it's just one of those things where I just think uh, people need to do the work. And it's like, yes, I think as black people, we can help. But it's also like, look, man, at the end of the day, you have a huge corporation with resources and money. Like you, someone can reach out to you now as this podcast and be like, yo, let's funnel money into your um, company. Like, let's help expand this thing. So you are not the one trying to get your movies made and doing all this legwork that companies should be doing their goddamn self. To me, it's like, it is so crazy when I see these execs talk about like, oh, we want to diversify movies, but they haven't diversified the board. It's like, it's like, we got so many streets where it's like, oh, Black Lives Matter lane. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Have we actually restructured the police department yet? Like we haven't, like literally there's so many, I walked past this um, thing right here in Hollywood and it had a list, it had a list of black people who have lost their lives dating all the way back to Emmett Till. And it was like, we support you. And it was like, cool, cool, cool. But what, what have you done yet? Like what is the physical action that has been created to help this thing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, um, anyway, I just don't want all the burden to be on yeah. us. But this is not a political podcast, but go ahead. Yes, we're not. Yeah. I just don't want uh, the burden to be on us to fix problems that we didn't cause. That is my thing. Any last uh, thoughts about uh, the movie, how it ended, or <laughs> did you guys like the ending? Did you like the fact that they got together at the end? Dude, first off, I was like, how'd she get there so fast? Yeah. How she beat him to the she airport? She knew the traffic. She, I really like. I really think it's a very beautiful um, ending when they hug and then everyone in the in the airport disappears. Like that's that's oh, really yeah. sweet. It's just them having that moment. Yeah. Man, listen, I just want to talk to Hollywood. I'm like, yo, y'all can give me the world melted away. It's gonna be quick, bro. I promise. I'm, I'm gonna just talk to Hollywood for two seconds. Okay. All right. I know y'all trying to fix your problems, and yes. You are racist. You have a system of being racist. Um, you know, it, it's factual. It's like, it is what it is, you know? But I do want to see more black love movies, yo. Like, I remember I grew up and like, my family loved Love Jones. They loved How Still I Got They Grew Back. Like, um, Wait and Exhale was such a big deal. And it's like, I really do want that for the generation now. Whether it's like us or even the generation under us. I just want them to grow up to be like, yo, this is that really cool love story that people aspire to that like people watch every Valentine's day. Like if you have, I forgot what the friends Valentine's day is, but if you have one of those, like this is the movie you can put on. I want more of that. I want more things that show black people in loving relationships in pop. You know, this. I just want people to understand that like you can experience like heartbreak and then make it out of it. I just want more movies like that. Not just like someone goes on a downward spiral, not like, Oh, we can't get past this. Like, Thing we're going against but like we can figure it out and have that be a nice black love story yeah. we can deserve we deserve the love right we de- come on man i just found it interesting that tay Diggs like sort of shows up in her life as this mm-hmm. kind of figure who like shows her a different side of like what love is and it felt mm-hmm. like you know to me it's just like in collateral beauty when like the people come in and they're, they, you know, they sort of represent different parts of their life. Like, you know, Tay Diggs He's was talking about that Will case. Smith movie where Will Smith Tay Diggs was talking love to ghosts. in this case, you know? And so, I think that was Kira Knightley in Collateral Beauty. But in, I don't but think in this, really in this movie, I don't think this really have no idea what you're talking about. I think no, you're embarrassing I, us I now. I think it's the same thing, you know? I think you're officially sort of embarrassed. I think very... we're doing good. You're embarrassing us now, James. Do you guys... Have you guys seen Collateral Beauty? What did you think of that? I don't know. We're not, we're not talking about this. Question. We, we're not yes, talking. 
Is collateral media Let's, let's good? end this. Um, uh, uh, okay. John? Oh, y'all shut James down. <laughs> oh, yeah, crazy. I, you know, again, I'm re- <laughs> I started re-watching a lot of 90s Black um, women's um, movies and reading that, you know, because there was also a, a huge um, um, renaissance of Black women's lit as well. And a lot of Black women um, literature that came out mm-hmm. also during that time period. So I've been revisiting this as a grown woman with new eyes, with fresh eyes. And I would love to see, and this is probably self-centered and selfish, but, you know, yeah, more stories even about 40-something-year-old Black women. Because also, typically, I think films tend to err on the young side of things. Like, and, you know, because youth culture sells, and that's important, or like the older sides of things, right? But, you know, I know, like, as a mm-hmm. woman, like I said, who got married in my late 30s, I still have a lot of single friends, like folks out here who are, like, thriving and living their best lives. But we just have a, a diverse range of experiences. And I want to see more films like that. I want to see um, more diasporic films. And I'm like, I, it's cool. I don't have a beef when, mm-hmm. like, someone that's Black Brit that plays a Black American part because Black Americans have been playing, like, South Africans, clearly in this, Jamaicans, you know, for I, I for so long. I want to hear different accents. Like, I, I'm like, it's okay to have, like, my husband is a Black Brit, Nigerian. He was born in the UK, moved back to, his family moved back to Nigeria, to Lagos, and then he came to Howard. So where's that story? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't need someone to put on a, a, mm-hmm. an American accent or put on like a fake South African accent. I just want to see the diversity, you know, but I, you know, I really enjoy watching this film again. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, won't confirm or deny if there's any role playing that happens. Um, I feel like this your second time. I I'm feel not. like you are now confirming. I, I feel like this is the confirmation that there was just official. Saying. It just feels like, you know, just, there's no point <laughs> in bringing it up. Even if you, I, if I, I feel like this is the second, maybe third <laughs> time. Like, I'm not saying there was role playing. That I really enjoy watching this over again. See, now I'm even taking that part. Yeah, like, if did you, you watch enjoy the movie watching or the movie, what did you do? I feel like, I feel like your experience be, in this look, movie is a look, whole different could experience. Be, could be not. We were Who's talking about that. Which movie is that from? Which movie is that from? <laughs> could be not. Could be, could be not. Who's to say? Wait. Oh, wait, damn. I don't, oh, know, don't do this to us. Not today. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> oh, wait, and she's looking. For everyone at home, be, she is waiting not. for this answer. And I, my hand is on the mic, so I can't type the line in Google. <laughs> I have no clue. I know. I know. Back to me. What is it? That, that, that's kind of like a lightweight fail, but y'all get back to wait, me. Wait, what was it? What's it, I'm James? I'm not going to tell y'all. It's, y'all going like to have to go too, and figure though, that right? one out. With that kind of cadence, could the line could be not. Could be not. Who's to say? Could be. Could be not. Who's to say? Is that is that no? Um, is that um is that is that okay? Th- I got two movies and this I'm is probably bad. I should I guess and I guess because my mind is up. either color purple or poetic justice. I have no reasons for either one. Color purple. Color purple. <laughs> I can't tell you a character, but it's like it sounds like one of those movies because in my mind I was like, is this something Regina King would say or is this something like okay? This is what it's it's you you was you were raised well, Gerard. Them them people that was bootleg and stuff like that they they raised. It's messed now, 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 I'm going to tell you what's so sad about this. My mom, I called her before this. She's like, okay, I'll listen to um the episode that you film on, I mean, record on Mother's Day. Now she's going to know I called them bootleggers. And now she goes... Amazing. Now, that was, that was the scene um, when um, uh, 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 Danny Glover was at the um, at mm. the dinner table and um, 
Miss uh uh oh that's it was Philly was asking him if any more letters oh, um uh came for her. And was she about right. to stab her ass? Did I ever <laughs> yeah. ask you for anything? Did I ever ask you for anything? I ain't never asked you not for anything. Not even your sorry ass time Yo. in marriage. No, no, no. no listen, hell? I was just thinking about Whoopi. I feel like we don't even talk. I feel like because that was Whoopi's first movie, right? Wasn't that her first movie? Mm. I don't know. Did she no, do Ghost, Ghost was before that? Ghost I can't remember. After, but I think but... she. What about what about Jumping Jack Flash? And uh... I think that was after too. I think because okay. I think her because I only think about Whoopi because I'm like when you think about her. Uh, filmography is like this woman has accomplished so much so early on like that movie I used to love um who was it? she was a coach for like the New York Knicks Eddie was it Eddie yeah Eddie, that was the yeah, 90s, yeah. Eddie. like but the grand scheme of things and now I mean oh wow yeah <sighs> it was she first, did right? a movie she did a movie called Citizen she was in a movie called Citizen I don't know what this movie is I've never even heard of it directed by William Farley that was her first movie and then this when you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. <laughs> it's time for the cause. We ran review films not based on how much we liked it, but whether or not they helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. So if we feel like the film fully helped the cause of more leading black or black actors in Hollywood, we give it a black fist. If we mm -hmm. think it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we think it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, we're just going to raise our ratings for how Stella got her groove back. Okay? One. All right. Two. Three. Boop. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Black fists. <laughs> there we go. I think we already said why we liked it. Like, I'm just in with, like, I just really enjoyed seeing these black people in Jamaica and like black people with money and black people like dealing with stuff that wasn't like, ah, the black struggle of it all. So uh, I'm here for it. Also, yeah, whatever I mean, lotion they gave Tay Diggs, my man was moisturized. <laughs> and I'm like, I really <laughs> respect that, that's the moisturization. Not lotion, that's oils, baby. That's oils, baby. <laughs> Tay Diggs got to shine. Angela shined. Whoopi shined. Mm -hmm. as she always does. I mean, yeah, Regina King. I mean, yeah, come on. Blackface, baby. Yeah, shot, shots. Chantro, thanks for being with us today. Yes, thank you for being here. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> any, any, I mean, now this is the official plug time. Do you want to plug the film and anything else? People can follow you, Twitter, Instagram. Oh, um, yeah, In Our Mother's Gardens is on uh, Netflix now. People can follow me on uh, on Instagram at AP Shantology. Follow the film, In Our Mother's Gardens. Go to the website. Shout out to Ray. You know, amazing. Ms. Duvernay, Tulane, the whole Ray crew um, and team. Uh, thanks for releasing the film. And yeah, thanks. It's been fun. 
Thank you. Thanks for hanging yeah, with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you can follow us at Blackman Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Got links to our merch there. We got links to our defunct Patreon that will one day re- rise. We talk about ashes. it all the time. Um, and uh, you can follow me at John Braylock. You can Twitter follow me at James Third Comedy. You can follow me at Draw Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. Draw is J E R A H. Wow. <laughs> he didn't say James Three R D. Oh, right. And if you wow. rate and review us on iTunes and give us five stars, we'll read your review on the <laughs> air. This one that. is from uh, Joe Baltimore. Hey, guys. Great show. Look forward to every episode. Really keeps me entertained during the year. I had to work from home. By the way, if you are looking for a movie to review st- starring two black actors, you should check out Bad Trip on Netflix. It's very silly, but amusing. And then, of course, we did it. So thank yep. you. Thank you for that. For yeah, that. we did that one. All right. All right. Thank you all. Uh, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Forever Dog! What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.